In the meantime, let's turn our attention to some of the other main news today. And in Mexico, at least 39 people have died in a fire at a migrant centre near the border with the United States. The blaze broke out at an immigration facility in Ciudad Juarez, which is near the Stanton International Bridge that links the city to El Paso, Texas. This was the scene outside the building overnight with the emergency services in attendance. It's not yet clear what caused the fire. Uh, many of the victims are thought to be migrants who'd been arrested in the city the day before. There are some reports suggesting they had been detained in locked rooms. A little earlier, I spoke to David Noriega, who's a journalist at Vice News. He covers Latin America, migration and the U.S. border, and he gave me this update. The really important thing to remember is that the situation on the border, particularly on the southern side of the border, on the Mexico side of the border, is the product of a years-long effort by the United States in collaboration with Mexico to prevent the entry of migrants into U.S. territory where they can legally claim asylum. Um, what this has resulted in is, a, again, years-long accumulation of migrant populations on the Mexico side of the border, in, Mex in, in border cities all along uh, the Mexico side of the line, Juarez being obviously one of the largest. So the reason something like this could happen in the first place is because the U.S. has been pushing these people consistently under both Trump and Biden to the Mexico side, leading to overcrowded shelters, overcrowded detention centers, extremely tense um, relationships between migrant communities and Mexican immigration authorities who are acting essentially as proxies of uh, the United States. And, you know, you have situations like this one where you have large numbers of migrants crowded into, crowded into a facility and uh, when the fire breaks out, it's almost inevitably absolutely devastating. Um, I'm just seeing a line that's coming in from uh, the Mexican president, uh, López Obrador, saying that the migrants that died in that fire, the migrants who died in that fire were mostly from Central America and Venezuela. Uh, does that yeah. surprise you at all or is that the most likely uh, location from where they would have begun their journeys? It's not surprising at all, given what the migrant flows have been recently. Um, I'm curious to know, and we'll hope to find out where in Central America the migrants were from. My guess would be Nicaragua. That's where a lot of Central American migrants have been coming from recently, and Venezuela. It's worth noting, too, that uh, people fleeing those countries specifically are fleeing governments that the U.S. considers enemies, conditions that the U.S., uh, you know, in another time might have accepted these people with open arms. Um, but under the current, uh, under the current situation is, is sort of doing everything possible to push them back. Uh, and with uh, people being... Um, held in centres like this one, typically how long might they be staying there for? Are we talking a matter of hours, days, weeks or longer? It varies tremendously because a lot of these policies are, are uh, not particularly transparent or uh, legible. You know, I think you could say anywhere from days to indefinitely. Uh, depending on the circumstances, depending on the local authorities, depending on what kinds of pressure the United States is putting on Mexican officials at that particular time, uh, given their own, own sort of political and policy aims stateside. Uh, it's not something that can be easily, uh, uh, it's not a question that can be answered sort of systematically across the board. Uh, and if we're seeing this um, bottleneck of, uh, of people trying to migrate and th the, these numbers being detained at the border, what is it that is driving others behind them to still take the chance of making that perilous journey when presumably reports of what's happened would reach them 
uh, uh, the, the situations they are fleeing or, or trying to move away from must be so severe that they're still willing to take that risk? You're asking, honestly, a question that is, uh, it's sort of the question that uh, American policymakers typically uh, refuse to ask themselves. The, the, all of American border policy and immigration policy is based on the concept of deterrence. It's based on the idea that if you make crossing the border hard enough for migrants, uh, then they will sort of collectively decide that it's not worth making the trek. That's one of the most sort of provably incorrect ideas, I think, out there. Um, it, it's obvious because of uh, the way that the numbers keep growing, the way that uh, migrants are willing to do things like traverse the between Colombia and Panama, the fact that they're willing to crowd into, uh, you know, trucks and, and die in large numbers and they keep coming. Obviously, U.S. border policy does not act as a deterrent. And yet U.S. policymakers from both the Democratic and Republican Party continue operating as though that assumption were correct when it's clearly not. Now, why they keep coming, I think, you know, you... When I've spoken to migrants who make this kind of journey, the reason is, is simple. It's the conditions of life that they are facing in their home countries are intolerable. And they're willing to undergo all manner of inconceivable pain and suffering to improve their lot for a number of different reasons that vary according to the country and the time. And that hasn't stopped, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. That's David Noriega there from Vice News.